Hey everybody, welcome to episode 49 of the Walk and Talk podcast. I'm Greg Johnson and today is Wednesday, October 28th, 2020. The topic for this episode, or the title, is three unsolved tech industry needs, which are cost, ease of use, and end user upgrades or repairs. So three unresolved tech industry needs. Now, it's really fascinating to me as new products are announced and come on the market, the amazing things they can do, the new Apple Watch that monitors your heart rate and oxygen levels, their computers that have billions of transistors and tiny chips and can accomplish trillions of tasks in a second, you know, so just amazing computing power, amazing sophistication. Design is spectacular, not just with Apple, but with uh, with what other companies are doing. And we're getting closer and closer to self-driving cars, electric cars, that type of thing. Okay, so the technology is definitely advancing, but there are a lot of people getting left behind. You know, when an electric car costs $100,000 or even the discount model that's thirty-five dollars or 40000 for people that are budgeting, you know, 12000 to 15000 for a car, thirty dollars to $40,000 is a bit out of reach. And so the same is true with mobile tech. Um, the Apple Watch that I think they have a new lower featured model that's like $300 or a little less, and they're doing that with their phones at Apple, trying to have lower-priced models because they realize not everybody wants to spend, you know, $1,000 every year or two on a new smartphone. Um, So there's all this new technology that has so much to offer, but for people that don't have that budget to be continually upgrading and maintaining their products... Um, it's just not accessible cost-wise. And so as I do in my podcast episodes these days, I like to start out with kind of a quick overview for those of you who are on a bit of a time schedule and you can get the basic message of the episode. And that is basically just that despite all that's going on with the tech industry and all the advances that are being made, there are still these problems of products being cost uh, priced way too high and then the complexity I spend every day it's gotten now to be like seven days a week handling the tech questions for people that are understandably confused by setup processes and things that go wrong with computers and with mobile tech and it's not always the device itself it's the entire collective of services and devices. I'll give you one example. Uh, A company recently that offers email service made a change and it disrupted thousands of people and, you know, recovering from that change and setting up email again was a very complicated task. It shouldn't be You would think you could just enter in your email address and password, but it wasn't. It was setting up uh, profiles and downloading that and installing that. I had to write up a bunch of instructions. Anyway, things are too expensive. Things are too complicated. 
services and devices are breaking too easily. And then finally, the third category, cost complexity, and the third one is um, that a lot of these devices are not user serviceable or upgradable. So that means short lifespans for equipment. And despite all the talk about being green, these companies like to talk about how they're, you know, using better materials and, you know, trying to have their packaging be smaller and some question whether or not that's just an effort to avoid giving the consumer the power adapters that they might need. Um, but anyway, you know, they're making these efforts, but they're not making the the single core decision to have parts available and easily, you know, for devices to be easily upgradable or repaired by the end user. One of my recent podcast episodes was about building a Windows computer, assembling the parts for a Windows computer. And one of the reasons I did that was because I knew I could repair it or upgrade it easily, much more easily than if I had you know, a, a small laptop computer that didn't even have any screws on it to get inside. So anyway, I know that introduction may be a little longer than most of my introductions, but um, basically that's the general idea, that the cost, the complexity, and the ease of upgrades or repairs uh, has become too complex. And these are challenges that you would think could be solved by the people who are in a position to solve those problems. So, you know, let's talk about cost for a little bit. And for those of you who are uh, just listening to the intro and the summary here in the first uh, five or six minutes, I appreciate you taking time. And if you need to go, that's fine. And for those of you who are hanging on, want to get into a little deeper conversation here, um, welcome and thanks for hanging in here. So anyway... Let's talk about cost a little bit. The cost is not just in the purchase price of some piece of equipment. We know that. The cost involves sort of the ongoing use. In the case of printers, you know, one printer might be $50, but you'll spend $100 over a year on ink. Another printer might be $200, but you're only going to spend... $50 on ink. You know, it's more efficient with ink. And with computers, there might be one computer that's really inexpensive, but to really speed it up properly, you need to add some extra parts, and so that gets expensive. Or if computers in general are just complicated in the way they're set up, um, and you need tech support and you have to pay for that, well, then that's an ongoing cost. So, um, but let's talk a little bit just about the hardware itself. So in the computer world, there's something known as a single board computer. It's just a computer board that has everything you need on one board. It fits in your hand. There's one called the Raspberry Pi that's quite popular. And the computer itself, that piece of hardware, um, costs about, oh, maybe $70, $100. And it's sort of appealing to hobbyists, but it's it's a low-end, low-cost solution. And certainly, keeping cost of hardware down, there are these used laptop computers, which include, of course, then the keyboard and the monitor and other things you need. Um, 
And so, you know, if you can get a used laptop Windows computer for $150 or $200 that'll run three years, that's a good choice. But what isn't economical for people is to be buying, you know, MacBook computers that cost $1,000, $1,500, and having to upgrade those every few years when, you know, it seems like they're running slower or parts fail and they're out of the warranty. Um, and then the complexity. You know, it, it's just getting to the point where every software provider and every hardware provider and everybody selling peripherals that require some special drivers or something, you know, everybody imagines that your eight hours during the day are spent doing nothing and so you have an entire day to wait on hold and go through tech menus and, you know, call consultants in. And, you know, the documentation often is not out there on the web. So you're stuck trying to figure this stuff out on your own. I had someone recently who purchased an HP printer and they asked if I could help them set it up. And I said, oh, sure, you know, I'll be over on that part of town and I can just stop by and it'll probably take 15 minutes, you know. And uh, it took almost three hours, and that was with high-level HP technical support on the phone remoting in as well, and they couldn't figure it out. And basically, a brand-new computer, a brand-new printer. But there was some service that wasn't running, and, you know, it, it took a long time to figure it out and get it going. Eventually, the printer worked. But, you know, that's the point. Um, it's sort of like you know, in school when you'd get homework and you'd be told to read like five chapters or something and write a 20-page paper by the next day or something. And it's as if like you don't have anything else to do. You've got homework assignments for every class. So with tech, you know, every little interaction with your computer or technology can start to chew up a lot of time. And by the end of the week, maybe you've spent, you know, 10 hours just trying to make things work or to fix things. Um, so that complexity factor, that's a real issue. And one way around that is to set user accounts to be at a standard level. So, you know, at least there aren't pop-up messages and things getting installed into the computer accidentally. Um, but the, the more you can lock down a device, the better, I suppose, if someone who's using it says, you know, my tasks are very simple. I just need to get to the internet, do some emails and some word processing, you know, and that's about it. Something that's nice about the Raspberry Pi is that once the computer is set up, it's, let's say, like new, um, you turn it on and it has word processing already in there. Setting up the email doesn't take long. It comes with an email client. You can use your own if you want. There's one called Thunderbird. But basically, you can have the computer up and running in a relatively short period of time. So what this means is you could even have the hard drive that runs this thing is about $12. It's just a micro SD card. So you could just format another card and put the operating system on there and go ahead and set up a secondary computer in a sense, you know, a secondary hard drive. So if the thing ever crashed on you, just pull out the hard drive, put in the other $12 hard drive, and you're up and running, you know? You're not going to do that with a Windows computer. 
And you're not going to be able to do that with a laptop computer where you can't even get to the hard drive or it's soldered onto the motherboard. So, you know, there's an example where that kind of simplicity of staying up and running, that's helpful. Um, the industry has moved toward slimmer, lighter, more sleek designed technology like tablets where you don't see like little screws on an Apple iPad or Samsung tablet. You know, these are made in factories and kind of glued together so that they're not designed to be opened up for repairs or to be upgraded by the end user. Um, but laptops, for example, Dell used to make laptops where there were access panels and you could get to the memory chips, you could get to the hard drive, and you could get to other components inside the laptop to add in features or upgrade components if they became outdated. And that's being done, done less and less these days, which is too bad because that means that products end up having a shorter lifespan and getting thrown away or recycled or whatever in a shorter period of time. But I think if people can use a desktop computer that they make themselves, that they assemble themselves or with the help of a friend, uh, it's a really empowering feeling. And you know that if the power supply goes out, you just order a new power supply. You don't have to go out and buy a new computer. Um, so all of this touches a little bit on environmental impact, the cost, the disruption, that if products were made to be more user-friendly in terms of service and repairs, that would save time, it would save money, it would save the environment, and companies should work toward doing that. So what I'm looking at as far as a tech service and support provider is how can I nudge people toward simpler, lower cost, easier to repair and upgrade solutions? And that's not a movement that seems to be at the focus and forefront of what's going on in the industry. What's going on in the industry is trying to figure out how can we get people to buy as much stuff as possible? How can we get them to be bored of their old devices and buy into the new devices and constantly keep this flow of technology going from the shelves to your home and then to a landfill somewhere. So that's why I'm intrigued by the Raspberry Pi computer, which has a low cost of entry, and used Windows computers, which also have a low cost to acquire. And by putting a person's data files on an external drive or having them backed up um, regularly, it makes it a lot easier because the computer can be as generic as possible and then swapped out easily. I would much rather be working with somebody who calls me and they say, you know, my hard drive crashed or the computer doesn't turn on anymore, it, smoke came up from it, it's, it's no longer functioning. And then the discussion is about, you know, how do we get another $100 or $150 laptop computer or Raspberry Pi set up? Um, it requires less of my time. It's less stressful. Depending on the person's budget, they're going to be happier if they don't have to go out and replace their you know, computer with another $1,500 laptop.
Apple has some great products from their watch to their iPhone to the iPad, laptop computers, the MacBook Pro, and then various desktop designs, the iMac. And they recently came out with the Apple Mac Pro, which is back to an old design of theirs, which is one that you can open up without needing any tools. The end user can get in there and replace out faulty components. So it's a move in the right direction, but it's what some people would say is a bit overpriced. Um, but at least a move in the right direction. So the problem, though, is if you get into this Apple equipment, if you have the HomePod speaker and you have the phone and the tablet and the notebook and the iMac and all of this stuff and the Apple TV and the watch, they're great devices. And certainly you begin to enjoy them and use them and find out that they're really smart devices and you kind of get accustomed to it. Well, um, you know, for these devices, if your watch is tied in with your cell phone plan and if your iPad is tied in with your cell phone plan and your cell phone is tied into your cell phone plan, you have like three devices per person in a household. And if you have three or four phones in the household, you know, pretty soon your phone bill is going to be like $200 a month. And Apple has a plan that's like $50 a month per person per phone where you can always have the latest phone. So when they come out with the iPhone 12, which they have, you could just go out and get that and return your iPhone 11 and just keep chugging along. And, and that's 50 bucks a month. Um, but let's say again, you have just for ease of math, say there are four people in the household. So that's $200 a month for the phones and another $200 a month for the phone service. Um, probably you could budget the same roughly for your iPad, so another 200 a month. And if everybody likes having Apple computers, let's say you'd be really restrictive, very economical, and you'd only have one computer per person, so either a desktop or a laptop. Um, but even then, you're looking at probably budgeting in another $50 per person. Um, so you could easily be spending, and I hate to do the math for you here, but it's like $1,000 a month for a typical household for just a sparse selection of products. I didn't even mention the, the TV and the phone or the uh, watch, you know. So it's like this stuff gets super expensive. So it's a solution. But yeah, I, I can think of solutions that cost $12,000 every year, you know. That's easy. The hard thing to come up with is a solution that doesn't cost 12000 a year is, is some way to say, hey, look, if you used this one device instead of these three, if you used like a portable computer instead of a tablet and a laptop and a desktop, that would narrow it down. Um, and, you know, if, if you look for ways to use like cheaper wearable wellness technology, that would help save money. These watches from Apple are like, 300 is the low end, but they go up to 400, 500, 600. If you want one that doesn't have glass that breaks easily, you're going to pay more money. Um, so anyway, uh, and the same is true with phones, you know. You can buy a phone on Amazon, uh, a Moto X phone, for a couple hundred dollars unlocked and go with Google Fi for your cellular carrier and you're looking at 20 bucks a month for unlimited phone and text messages and then another $10 a month for every gig of data. Um, but instead of, you know, $1,000 for a phone, it's 150 or 200 And instead of $200 a month for your phone, 
for a whole bunch of people, you know, you're getting like, say, 20 bucks per phone. There are ways to do things cheaper. And it's maybe not as elegant, not as streamlined, doesn't have the nice, colorful, brushed aluminum, whatever. But it solves the problem. Um, and so anyway, that's kind of a long-winded way of just saying that I think it would be nice if tech companies would work on two fronts. On Number one would be, yeah, go ahead and develop the latest amazing wow technology that really wealthy people can afford. And then on the other hand, find out what can we do to offer the basic kind of services that people need um, and the basic functions and features that people need for the least amount of money and then offer sort of this low-end tech and high-end tech. And like I say, Apple's moving in that direction, but still the you know iPads and iPhones and all of that, even at the low end, are a few hundred dollars, 300 to $400. So it does add up. But anyway, to summarize, I think that technicians, support techs like myself, can be looking at what technologies will serve people well but not cost a lot of money and be easy to upgrade and replace. And the industry leaders can be looking at what's their role, how can they help promote this kind of uh, a trend in the industry that's going to help save people time and money and also reduce stress and be good for the planet. Well, thanks for taking time to listen. I hope you found uh, this episode of interest and helpful. I appreciate all of the subscribers, the likes, the comments, and look forward to sharing more with you again soon. Take care.